met with Israeli President Isaac Herzog today. What can you tell us about your meeting and what was discussed? Well, we discussed the current state of the war. Um, we discussed American involvement and support. Um, we discussed the situation with the hostages uh, that are being held. And, and we talked about the atrocities here that I've been able to see firsthand um, during my visit here today. And you've also been meeting with, uh, as I understand, some survivors and family of those affected as well, right? Yeah, I, I, met, with, um, I met with two survivors, uh, one young woman, 23 years old, um, shot in a bomb shelter, who survived only because she was covered by other dead bodies. Yeah. Uh, met with two uh, families of hostages today. Um, I have this dog tag for that 19-year-old young man um, who I, whose family I met with tonight. Uh, his, uh, his father has uh, uh, spent time in New Jersey, lived in New Jersey for a long time. And, um, you know, those folks uh, are, are suffering. They've been suffering now for 37 days, not knowing if their loved ones are alive or dead, not knowing if they're being cared for. Um, it's, a, it's an extraordinary situation. Yeah, we just we just spoke to a brother uh, of someone or someone who has a brother that is currently being held hostage. And he talked about uh, how difficult it has been up to this point. Um, now, look, we are in the middle of this conflict and the fighting right now. But today on CNN, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, uh, as far as solutions for post fighting, pushed back on the idea of the Palestinian Authority running Gaza and said any solution would need to have an overriding and overreaching Israeli military envelope. Uh, do you agree with Prime Minister? Minister Netanyahu's assessment there? I mean, what do, you, what do you propose or think is going to happen here? I think it's too early to make that determination, Omar. Um, I understand that uh, the Prime Minister is focused exclusively now on the war, on degrading Hamas's ability to ever do this again, uh, protecting the territorial integrity and the safety and security of the people of Israel. Um, but look, I don't see any long line of folks looking to volunteer to take over Gaza from Hamas. This is, I think, going to be a diplomatic solution that's going to need to be come to um, by all the interested parties um, at a time when the war is finally concluded. But first and foremost, you have to protect the safety and security of the people of Israel, and you have to degrade Hamas because Hamas, and believe me, I spent today spending 40 minutes um, watching a video um, of the atrocities that were committed uh, by Hamas um, that day. And, and I will tell you what struck me the most, Omar. It wasn't just the inhumanity of what they were doing, chopping off heads, burning people alive, but it was the joy they took in it. Uh, they had video of one uh, terrorist uh, calling his mother, um, saying, your, your son killed 10 Jews with his own hands. Your son's a hero. Um, as long as there are folks like that in Hamas, who are focused on wiping Israel off the map and killing the Jewish people. Um, discussion of what happens in Gaza after the war has to take a back seat at the moment to eliminating Hamas's ability to threaten the lives of the people of Israel again. And so, um, you know, the prime minister will have a lot of time to think about um, the post-war period when it comes. Um, but I think right now, task one is making sure that Hamas's capability is degraded and protecting the safety and security of the Israeli people.
And that's among one of the multiple dynamics going on right now. Of course, there's a military campaign to, to weed out and eliminate Hamas on the side of the IDF, but also trying to rescue some of these hostages. I, I want to go back to a little bit after October 7th. You said less, a little less than two weeks after the October 7th attack, you said providing aid to civilians in Gaza was a very, very low priority and that the focus at that point needed to be on militarily and financially helping Israel. Obviously, since then, we've seen a level of civilians killed by the thousands up to this point. Do you still believe humanitarian aid is a low priority in comparison to the Israeli military's needs? I still believe that, yes. I think if you're prioritizing those things, Omar, the most important thing is for us to provide financial assistance and, and, and military hardware to the Israelis so they can do what they need to do in Gaza regarding the terrorists who attacked them and killed over 1,200 of their civilians. Now, uh, no one likes civilian death of anyone, uh, whether it's Israeli or Palestinian. But let's remember this, two things. First, there was a ceasefire on October 6th, Omar, and it was Hamas that broke that ceasefire with their attacks on, on October 7th. And secondly, Israel has done much to try to get Palestinians moved from the area where the battling is going to be to the southern part of Gaza. It is Hamas that is refusing to let many of those people go to the southern part of Gaza because they want to use them as human shields. I, I believe that, the, that Hamas cares less about Palestinian civilian life than Israel does. And so, uh, you know, Hamas has to take responsibility for this. They could be helping their civilians significantly. And we saw a report just today that Israel sent fuel to run the Al-Shifa hospital and that Hamas refused to accept it. Uh, you can't complain about not being able to run the incubators and the life support systems in a hospital and then turn down fuel that's being sent by the Israelis to be able to work those, um, those pieces of equipment. So Hamas is the hypocrite here. And that's why I think the top priority has to be aiding Israel so that we can put an end to this as quickly as possible. And uh, this, this topic was posed to Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu when he was on our air a little bit earlier today on the topic of whether they've been doing enough to protect some of the civilians that have been killed or at least minimize the civilians that were killed. Take a listen to what he told Dan Abash. We're trying to minimize civilian casualties. As a result of our ground action, I think the number of civilian casualties is actually being reduced because people are heeding our calls to leave the area and defying Hamas's attempt to keep them there. Uh, and we'll do everything in our power to do that. Now, even with that, Secretary of State Antony Blinken has said far too many Palestinians have been killed. Do you agree with the Secretary of State there? Look, I think that any loss of civilian life is tragic and, and should be avoided at all costs. But, Omar, we need to make sure that Hamas cannot use these civilians as a shield to prevent them from having their military capability degraded. They've shown on October 7th and the days afterwards that they will use missiles, they will come by air, sea, and land um, in an attempt to uh, kill Israeli citizens. And we can't permit that to continue to happen, Omar. So, you know, this is, this is always very, very difficult. But I do believe that Israel is trying to do everything it can to uh, avoid the loss of civilian life, both in Gaza and in Israel.
Now, here in the U.S., obviously there's a budget fight that's, that's really just beginning as we head towards a government shutdown. But as far as the plan that was released, the bills don't provide any funding for Israel or Ukraine, which you've also uh, visited over the course of this past year. What message do you believe, again, not the final version, but still, what message do you believe that these initial versions sends to our foreign allies? Not a good one, Omar. And, and I think that candidly, um, we have to continue to play the role in the world we've always played. Because if we don't, the evil foursome will fill in um, our vacuum that we leave. And I mean China, Russia, Iran, and North Korea. And let me tell you, when I went to a military installation today, installation here today, um, I saw weapons that were from North Korea, weapons that were from Iran, and weapons that were from Russia. If leaders in Congress don't understand that all of these things are connected and that American uh, dismissal of our role in any of these instances occur, encourages more of them, not fewer of them. We need to send a very clear message by supporting Israel and supporting Ukraine. And believe me, um, Vladimir Putin is happy about what's going on here in Israel and in Gaza because he hopes that it will distract certain American leaders who believe that filling the moat and pulling up the drawbridge is the way that America should conduct itself. I believe exactly the opposite. We have to be able to lead the free world. It is the price we pay for being the richest and freest country the world has ever known. And if we want to remain the richest and freest country the world's ever known, we have to engage with our allies around the world. That has always been the formula for American success, both at home and abroad. And any suggestion to the contrary made by anyone in Congress uh, or anywhere else in our political system is damaging America's standing in the world and damaging our future for success.